It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome to the show, everyone. We've got a great one for you today here on this Thursday, March 18th, as we look to recap UFC Fight Night Edwards versus Muhammad, which took place on Saturday, March 13th at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. And, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, great to be back with you guys here. Obviously, this recap show is incredibly fucking late, so my apologies. But, you know, today's going to be a big day because it's going to be a triple header here on North Star Sports, although it's a podcast, so really you could just pick any three episodes and call it a triple header, but we will be having three episodes today. Uh, we'll be doing this very late recap of Edwards versus Muhammad. We'll also be doing the preview show for Brunson and Holland, and uh, probably a quick Vikings free agency recap. Uh, at least, you know, we're two or three days into it. They haven't made a whole bunch of moves, but uh, I think the moves that they have mentioned or the moves that they have, have um, uh, done so far mention uh, uh, some some talking. So uh, it'll be a triple header here. So we'll see how that goes. See uh, if my computer can hold up and all that fun stuff. But uh, yeah, no, it's great to be back here with you guys. Uh, I suppose we'll start here, as we always do, with the most important thing in the uh, wide world of sports, and that is the main card showdown. Very, very boring main card showdown at NSS 32. You know, sometimes I always talk very glowingly about uh, the main card showdown, but I got to be more like Dana White sometimes, you know, when the cards disappoint. So I'm going to be negative on this one. I don't, I don't think I've ever been negative on uh, a card. Maybe I should have on other ones. But uh, yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was a disappointment. You know, it was a snooze fest from start to finish. Uh, Drew couldn't get his picks in. Uh, for some, it was an excused absence because he told me, well, I guess before it started, I mean, I asked him, but whatever, that's besides the point, an excused absence. So nobody get mad at Drew. That was an excused absence. Okay. Um, but yeah, he didn't get his picks in. Peyton was going to get a fucking title shot. Peyton was going to get a title shot and he didn't get his picks in probably because it, most of the picks, uh, if people don't know, go through Drew. So, you know, Peyton, you snooze, you lose. Like I said, I... I kind of punish people who don't play every week. Kind of like the UFC would. Like, you know, if you miss fucking two years, you kind of slowly start to lose your spot. So, you know, those people who are not active, like, you know, they start to slowly, slowly lose their spot. It was one week, so, you know, whatever. I'm not really going to punish anybody for one week, you know, because punish would imply I'm mad. But, you know what I mean? We Maybe it's better to say we reward active people. So Jerry got a title shot. Jerry the goddamn squirrel got a title shot. And he went to a split decision too, by the way, which fucking pissed me off. So I beat, I ended up beating Jerry the squirrel 58-58 uh, via split decision. So I get another title defense. That's cool, but not, not the prettiest win. But you know what I mean? People always talk glowingly about Israel Adesanya, and he had one of the most boring fucking title fights of all time against Yoel Romero. You know what I mean? And everybody conveniently blames that on Yoel Romero, even though uh, 50% of the blame needs to go on uh, the last cringe bender. So, you know what I mean? Sometimes you have a stinker, okay? But at the end of the day, I'm still the champ. But, you know, Anderson Silva had some pretty fucking boring title fights, like that one in Abu Dhabi against Damian Maya or whatever. 
I, I think he had one against... Did Patrick Cote ever get a title shot? Who the fuck am I talking to? But um, he had a couple of stinkers, too. So, you know what I mean? Sometimes you get crazy knockouts, okay? But sometimes they're just split-decision fucking stinkers against a goddamn squirrel. But in my fairness, in my, in my defense... Uh, there were two no contests on this card, which obviously we'll get to in the recap portion. So that would have pissed me off even more if I lost because there was two no contests. So really, it was just a three-fight main... Wait, no, it was six fights. So really, it was a four-fight main card, which a lot of weird shit can happen. So, you know, what are the odds we get two no contests on a, on a single main card? Uh, Francis had a pretty big win <clears throat> over uh, Reagan... So Reagan drops another one. Um, Grandpu got his second victory ever over Captain. So a lot of the Blue Bloods are losing. Hooverman lost, Captain lost. We had Quincy the Dab Man. Quincy the Dab Man make his debut, and he went to a draw with Schaller. So, you know, I don't know. I know we're not big fans of draws around here, but, uh, you know, that's what happens when you... Um, you don't do uh, pre-Olympics. Actually, holy shit, let me check. I might have got, gotten that wrong. I think Schaller might have actually sent me pre-Olympics. Let me double check. Oh, no, I didn't save it. Oh, wow, that is fucking controversial right there. Uh, either way, it's a, it's a draw. But, uh, yeah, really, uh, really, uh, you know, kind of like Leon Edwards' return was uh, a snooze fest uh, because of the no contest. Quincy the Dab Man makes his debut goes to a draw you know sometimes you'd rather lose than go to a draw but whatever um let's see here i had the rankings uh not that anybody gives a fuck but uh just so people know oop wrong article so many articles on my website mostly just rankings but uh ah whatever uh jerry did climb even though he lost because he went to a split decision against the champ and Francis is now the number one contender because he beat Reagan, who was the number one contender. <clears throat> so we have the, the top five goes as followed. And you can find this on our website, northstarsports.media. It's in the blog section. There's links everywhere. Brilliantly designed website by me, by the way. So number one through five, Francis, Reagan, Peyton, Jerry, and Drew. And interesting at number six, Paige. Paige has never lost. She has one draw, but three wins. But she hasn't competed in a couple of weeks, so she's kind of slipped down. Uh, but, you know, Reagan's still up there. Peyton. Peyton's probably one more win away from a title fight. Francis is probably getting the next one. Um, but, yeah, you know, Peyton's still in a good spot. Drew, uh, you know, he's going to need some wins here. Uh, oh, holy shit. I think the, the March Grand Prix is coming up. I think the opening round must be uh, this Saturday. So that'll be fun to see who we put in there. Um and then, yeah, we have uh, Steve at number 12. That's He hasn't played in a couple of weeks, though. But that's my fault, though, because I haven't asked him. But he's not a fan of the game, probably because he loses. He's a very, very competitive guy, and he does not like losing. And he has not won in uh, six main card showdowns. Bree is sitting at 13. Jordan is all the way down at 14. That is crazy. We only have 19 people in the rankings, and <laughs> four of the people below him are not currently active people, so... Uh, the only person we have lower than him who is somewhat active is Rick. But, you know, Rick is just... I don't know, man. Rick is off the goop when it comes to making his picks. He is he is insane when it comes to making picks. Um, 
Yeah, but with that, we'll move on here to the uh, the recap. So we'll obviously start here in the main event where we had a no contest in the second round uh, between the returning Leon Edwards and Bilal Muhammad. Uh, really anti-climatic, climactic. Is there a C in there? Either way, regardless of the English language, that was um, that was unfortunate, and um, it, it's really unfortunate for both sides. The only thing, the only thing I will say, the only positive to this is uh, if they run it back, which I think they should. I don't want to jump the gun here. Controversy is good. It's good. Like, uh, nobody gave a flying fuck about the flyweight division. Actually, they probably still don't. But, uh, you know, Davison knocks out Joseph Benavidez when he's not even eligible to win the title. Uh, A lot of people say that's bad for the UFC. It probably is, but the silver lining is, well, now there's controversy. Now people fucking hate Davison because he's a villain. And now we get to see it again. Just like, um... Fuck. Oh, yeah, um, Sterling and, and Piotr Jan. You know, you can talk about how that's bad for the division, and and now we have our first true paper champ because he won via a, a DQ. But we're gonna see the rematch. There's no way we don't see the rematch, and I'd have to imagine Aljamain hates Piotrdon even more than he did before. So you know, we're gonna see part two, and it's gonna be better. So with, with this right here, I would be pretty surprised if they don't run the 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 rematch. I guess I'll just fucking get to it here because what happened in the actual fight wasn't really that important. It was it was a round and some change. I I, I can get to some of that as as we go on, but there really wasn't a whole lot to gleam. But we need to see part number two. It, we, you know, Leon's talking about going off and getting a title shot off of this performance. You don't get a fucking title shot off of a goddamn no contest that you caused. Like, I don't disagree that Leon was winning up until that point. Because he was. You looked on the judges' scorecards, it was 10-9. But how many fucking... It's a five-round fight. Maybe he would have... Maybe he would have won this fight from start to finish. That's a very real possibility. But that's not the reality. We didn't We didn't see that happen. What, what, you know, what were the, the chances that Bilal came back in round two and just fucking put it on him? You know, even if you're a fan of Leon, and, and again, I'd say that's the most likely scenario, but it's still entirely possible to steal a fucking trope from Joe Rogan that Bilal came back and, and won the fight so it's okay you, you get a title shot off of, I mean I guess they're just giving out title shots to fucking anybody they're giving a title shot to fucking Masvidal off of a loss to the same fucking person within a calendar year he's gonna get two sh- title shots and he's gonna lose both of them I promise you Masvidal will lose the second time to Usman a full cap camp will not change a fucking thing um, he's gonna lose twice to Usman in in 10 months uh, for no reason. Covington should have got the title fight. Edwards should have got the title fight before this uh, no contest because now there's uh, some loose ends. Fucking Wonderboy should have got a title shot. Like, how, the, how are you going to give it to Masvidal? How are you going to tell people like Edwards they need to get more wins when they're on a win streak? And I'm not Ariel Helwani. I'm not, you know, uh, Leon Edwards nut rider here. But, you know, a guy who had an eight-fight winning streak come in, coming into this, how are you going to tell him he needs more wins when you're not even having people get one win off of a fucking title loss and just getting another title shot. So, whatever. I guess the UFC does whatever they want. And uh, mostly that works out in their favor. Uh, You know, like uh, Teddy Atlas says, uh, Dana White is a dictator. That is a good thing for the most part, too, by the way, because 
you know, you look at how boxing does it, uh, and there's obviously a shit ton of flaws, but, you know, there are some interesting things the UFC does from time to time, and, uh, you know, that's that's certainly the case here. But we need to see this ran back. You know, that was probably one of the worst eye pokes I've ever seen, and I've never seen somebody react like that. I've never seen somebody react like that. Um, so I, th- that was re- that was really scary. That was really concerning, because you get an eye poke, maybe maybe a grunt and groan a little bit. Oh fuck, my eye hurts. Right? You probably won't even say that because they they're gonna automatically cancel the fight if you say that. But somebody just flailing around like uh, like he got fucking shot. You know that that was really scary. But apparently he just has a sore eyeball and. Uh, you know, that's obviously great news to hear. So, you know, I don't know. They, both, neither of them really fought. It was it was a, a round and some change. So I think you could run this back pretty quickly. Obviously, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some sort of restrictions with Muhammad, you know, and his eye. I'm sure he just can't get right back into camp or whatever from some of the interviews I was watching with him, you know, from what I can gleam. But maybe, I don't know, July, June, I, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Muhammad wants to get right back in there. I'm, you know, I'm sure that left a sour taste in his mouth. And Edwards, well, we already have a, we already have the the welterweight title being up for grabs in April. So, what are you gonna do in the meantime? You didn't, you didn't really fight either. Um, so I, I think we need to see it again. And if we see it again, I think Edwards will win. Like that, you know, that that that's the thing. I'm not a Leon Edwards hater. Oh, that's some good coffee. Um, but I, I think he'll win. I think he'll win. But there were some con- concerning things. So just very, very quickly, because like I said, there's not a whole lot to gleam. Uh, he kind of got thrown around uh, by Muhammad. I, I, you know, that was a little bit concerning, especially given Usman's the champion. Um, some of those reversals along the the cage, that's a little bit concerning. And and I'm someone who gives below Muhammad. Uh, probably more respect than the average person. We've had them in our rankings, actually, for a few months before the UFC had them in their rankings. Um, so I'm a big respecter. I'm a Bilal Muhammad respecter. Um, and, and he is a well-rounded mixed martial artist, but that was a little bit concerning. If you're, if you're like the uncrowned champion and you're just kind of getting thrown around by Muhammad, um, who is... A good amount smaller than Leon Edwards. I will say that. I don't know if Leon Edwards was wearing platforms or whatever, but there's no fucking way Leon Edwards is six six feet if below Muhammad is uh, five foot eleven. There's no fucking way. Either Leon Edwards is six two or or below Muhammad is five foot nine. There's no fucking way those those measurements are are accurate. That's you know that's like some high school football, college football measurements where like. You'll have a six foot ten offensive lineman go to the NFL combine, combine, and then you know they they get clocked in at six foot seven or whatever you know, whatever kind of bullshit you try to sneak in there. I guess bigger's better, so you know you want to lie on your height. Um, yeah, and then for Edwards, I don't know, he was la- he was landing more strikes, but see, also the thing is too, where you know when he was kind of clocking Edwards, I don't know, man, Edwards can survive some pretty big shots. I mean, you harken back to like the. Um, the uh, Lyman Good fight, he definitely won that fight two rounds to one, but he got his ass beat in the second round, but uh, he has quite the chin, quite the chin. Uh, he's also got quite the side of the head. That was, I don't know if anybody 
caught that, but he got like a toenail stuck in his head uh, off of a kick, so he just had like a toenail-sized fucking cut bleeding on the side of his head, which uh, probably is pretty painful. I would imagine that uh, that probably doesn't feel very good, but yeah, point being, we gotta, we gotta see this one again. Um, I don't know. And from, from, from what Edwards was saying in, in the, uh, in the lead up to this fight, you know, if, if, you know, if you're the number three guy, if you're the number two guy and, uh, and, and you're taking on Muhammad, who's a little bit down there in the rankings, I mean, what's the concern? If you're the, if you're the number three guy, you should have no problem beating the number 13 guy. So I, I do think we probably need to see that one again. Um, just not a whole lot to, to make of that fight. All right, we're moving on here to the co-main event where we had Ryan Spann knocking out Misha Serkinov uh, in 71 seconds. 71 seconds. I believe that's how long it took uh, Junior Dos Santos to knock out, or excuse me, uh, Francis Ngannou to knock out Junior Dos Santos. Uh, awesome little non-sequitur there. Um, yeah, good performance by Ryan Spann. He, I mean, he definitely needed the, the win. Uh, you know, had a couple of setbacks, but... Uh, you know, I don't know. He's an interesting guy because every time I hear someone talk about him, they either say he's a striker or a grappler. So I don't know what he is. I, I, I don't. I have no idea what he is. But uh, he's a fucking big guy. He's a, a big guy. Um, you know, you lose to Johnny Walker. There's not really a whole lot of shame in losing to Johnny Walker. Uh, that, that guy's a, a wild card. But you know, this guy knows how to finish fights. Uh, finishes a lot of them uh, in in the first round and. You know, for, for Misha, you know, everybody has their weaknesses. He's kind of like um, Curtis Blades, where Curtis Blades is a very good fighter. I think Serkinov is an underrated fighter. He's been in the in the top 15 for quite some time. Uh, but, you know, Curtis Blades' weakness is the boom-boom punches, okay? He doesn't like the boom-boom punches. And uh, Misha Serkinov does not like the boom-boom punches either. Uh, he has four—now he has four losses in his last six fights— and all four of those losses are first-round finishes. Three of them are uh, knockouts. Knockouts. I think two of them f- flat lines. Uh, I think he got murked by Uzdemir, and he definitely got murked by Johnny Walker. Uh, I don't think he got. I don't think he got put out by Teixeira, and he didn't really get put out by Span. But very brutal TKOs. So uh, he's. I don't know. He's got some deficiencies there that I don't know if he's going to fix at uh, at 34 years old. Um, let's see here. Small change here in the light heavyweight. So no changes in the welterweight division because it was a no contest. I'm not going to move Leon up or down or Bilal up or down. They just stay where they were. Um, but Ryan Spann goes from 13 to 11. And Serkinov and Jimmy Crute both fall down a spot uh, from 11 and 12 to 12 and 13. So, you know, Spann right on the doorstep there of the, uh, of the top 10. Some interesting names ahead of him. I think most people ahead of him have a, a dance partner, so he might be waiting for a little bit, uh, or, or he's gonna, you know, probably fight somebody below him in the rankings. Because uh, I think uh, well, they just lost to Walker. I feel like Walker has a fight. Um, actually, Krilov. Krilov would make sense. I don't because he, he just fought. So maybe a fight against Krilov. You know, that's really the path for a lot of these light heavyweights because because there's a lot of young guys. So there's not really like preferential treatment. To, to any of these young guys because there's so many young fighters. I mean, Rakic, Prohaska, I mean, those are higher up in the rankings, but Ankalaev, Krilov, Span, you know, so there's not like the golden boy prospect uh, who's climbing up. So a lot of these guys are going to have to take the long road to the top 
uh, if they want to rock and roll. But, um, you know, it's just going to have to go 11 faces 10. You go to 10, you win one, maybe you get to eight, eight versus seven. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. It's a pretty stacked division, which is very heartening to see, um, especially considering the, the state of this division just, I mean, Jesus, just two years ago. Ah, and especially considering, um, what is it, uh, Chickenheart Smith got a, a title shot off of beating very, 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 very old fighters, uh, you know, and just having the perfect, perfect run to the top, the Mickey Mouse run to the top, and got a... Anthony Smith got a title shot against John Jones. Just think about that for a second. That is insane. Also, by the way, I don't know when he's fighting Jimmy Crute. It's definitely coming up. Uh, that is not going to go good for him. That is not going to go good for him. I, I'm just going to tell you that right now. Alrighty here. We'll move on to the featured bout on the main card. Dan Ige knocks out Gavin Tucker in 22 seconds. Uh, not six seconds or whatever the fuck... Uh, the, the commentary team was saying, I don't know wh- how the fuck they got six seconds or seven seconds or whatever the fuck they were saying. Uh, just awful time management. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, what, what can you really say about this performance? It was it was quick. It was dominant. Uh, Gavin Tucker didn't pay him any respects uh, with with the striking. I think Dan Ige is a super, super well-rounded fighter. Uh, evidently, he has one punch KO power, which I think, honestly, it's kind of it's good to see a performance like that. Like, that will always be on his highlight tape. But I think most people have one-punch knockout power. So I'm not, you know... Oh, does Dan Ige hit, like, a, a sledgehammer? Yeah, most people probably do. And I, I'm not trying to take away from his performance, but, like, Leon Edwards is not known as a power puncher, but he knocked out Seth Bazinski or whatever the fuck his name was in eight seconds. So, like, a lot... a lot Power does help, and power is a real thing. But a lot of the times, it's just quickness and and uh, placement. So, you know, is Dan Ige a knockout artist? Mm, you know, not really. When you look at his record, not really. But that's an interesting wrinkle to add to his to his game. I mean, it's not really replicable, uh, replicable exactly. But you know, I, again, I'm very high on on Dan Ige. I think he's a, a a a really good fighter. I thought the fight was a little bit closer with Cater than people thought. Maybe they run that back. That that would start to make a little bit more uh, sense. But he's a fucking black belt in judo and I want to say jujitsu. And, you know, he fights like a kickboxer. So I think Dan Ige is, is a, a problem at 145. You know, just had a, you know, a setback or two. Um, actually, really, just just that one setback to, to Cater. Really. You know, some people might argue that he lost to Barboza. I don't think so, man. I don't think so. He doesn't... He doesn't really make fighting look pretty exactly because he's pretty short for 145, so he always has to sit in the pocket. So, you know, he he does take a lot of damage sometimes, or at least he, he can get hit. But, you know, that was a brilliant, brilliant performance. And, um, you know, unfortunate for Tucker because if Tucker won, I mean, it, it would be very reminiscent of um, Kyler Phillips, a guy who hadn't really faced... Uh, that great of a level of competition, but gets a, a chance against a guy who's firmly entrenched in the top 15, borderline top 10, and then you get a win over that guy, and now you're almost in the top 10. You know, we saw that with, with Phillips and, and uh, Song Yudong. You know, and if Gavin Tucker would have won, I mean, let's take a look at the rankings here. He would have been at number 10. 
And, and, you know, behind Ige, when he was at 10, Arnold, Hall, Mitchell, Yusuf, Barboza. I mean, you would have just skipped all of those fighters just because you won over Dan Ige. So that was a very, very big opportunity um, for Gavin Tucker. Uh, but, you know, he fought, he fought the best fighter he's, he's ever faced and, you know, got knocked out. Um, oh, yeah, and then and Ige moves up two spots. So he goes above Jeremy Stevens and Shane Burgos. So he's actually at number eight. So, I don't know. He's, he's, he's in a good spot. I mean, Josh Emmett is sitting there at number seven. Uh, he tore his ACL or whatever, so he's probably still half a year from coming back. Um, Yair Rodriguez doesn't really fight too often, so you probably could go past that guy. But I don't know. Yef Cater's sitting there at number six. I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people would not have the appetite to see that again because we just saw it uh, eight months ago. But I don't know. Maybe at some point in the future. All right, moving on here. Uh, still on the main card, we had a knockout from Davy Grant on Jonathan Martinez uh, in round number two. Uh, dangerous Davy Grant, proving to be uh, just as dangerous as ever. Uh, very close competitive fight. Uh, Martinez, good kickboxer, was uh, was putting together some some strikes there. But I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Is is Davy Grant the uh, the bantamweight Francis Ngannou? Is he now is he now a knockout artist? I mean, he knocks out Martin Day, and now he knocks out Jonathan Martinez. So I don't know. I mean, it, it was a good performance. I have no idea what's next for uh, for Davy Grant because he is. Uh, at a little bit of an advanced age there at 35, but I'm always I'm always fascinated by people who don't exactly fit the mold, you know, like oh a surging 35 year old bantamweight. You mean the the, the point in a bantamweight's career where they they, they really start to fall off? Uh, and again, he's not doing it against ranked opponents, but oh, what's next? You know, uh, like uh, like Kama Worthy before he uh, lost to Otman Azitar. It's like. Oh, some dude who's 33 years old coming off of the regional scene with just a dog shit record, but now he comes to the UFC and is just knocking people out? Like, oh, that's fascinating. Like, I'd really like to see where that goes. You know, because that's not how it's supposed to go. I mean, you're not supposed to make it to the UFC with a terrible record when you're when you're 33. But, uh, I don't know. For, for Davey Grant? I mean, we'll see. And then for Martinez? I don't know. You got to feel a little uh, bad for him. That was a pretty bad knockout, too. Um probably could have just been a KO uh probably could have just stopped it uh right away didn't you know it's not like it went on forever but uh, I don't know you feel bad for the guy because he got fucked over back at 247 in that fight against Andre Ewell so he should have been riding into this fight with a, a five fight winning streak and if you're on a five fight winning streak in the bantamweight division you're probably not taking on Davey Grant so probably should have never fought this guy in the first place and then you get knocked out and I don't know. You know, that's that's unfortunate for Martinez. He is only 26, so, you know, I'm, I, I do think he'll figure it out. I believe he trains with uh, Chris Gutierrez because uh, his leg kicks are fucking insane. Um, so, I don't know. He, I, I really do think that he'll, uh, he'll put it together again. All righty here. Moving on. Uh, we had a split decision victory for... Matthäus Nicolau versus Manel Kopp. Uh, oh, the New York Giants have signed Kyle Rudolph. That is very gross. Um, 
just like this fight, this was a really, really gross fight. I disagree. I don't think it was a, a split decision win for Nicolau. I think it was two rounds to one for for Cop. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, Cop kind of pisses me off. I mean, he's uh, he's let me down twice. I mean, this dude was a real hype train, but now you look at his record. I don't know, man. He's got a lot, of, a lot of ills on the record. He was losing a, you know, he was going 50-50 his last couple of fights over in uh, in Japan. But this dude has all the ta- talent in the world. What he does with his footwork and his movement and his his striking, uh, it is next level. And I do think that his uh, his takedown defense he gets taken down a couple of times, but his takedown defense is it's good. It could improve, but I like his takedown defense. Uh, he's, you know, he's capable on the ground, like, uh, you know, he doesn't take a whole lot of damage on the ground, he can get back up from the ground as well, but this dude is just frustrating as hell, um, there was more activity in this one, and I feel his frustration, because like I said, I do think he won this fight, and I don't think it was, I don't think it was close, uh, honestly, like, um, first round goes to Nicolau, second round for sure goes to Cop. And then third round goes to cop as well. Second round was very obvious. Third round was p- clear. It was clear that cop w- was winning. Um, and first round was probably the closest, but I would give it to Nicolau. But um, I just you just need more activity. And this guy, this guy's okay going backwards, but when he goes forward, he's he's really fucking good. He's really good. But he's got to stop doing the flashy shit. That none of that flashy shit has worked. Um, so, and like, it seems like he has good fundamentals too, because, you know, he, he'll, he'll tag him just, you know, boxing or, or, or whatever. He's, he's, uh, he's, he looks very predatory when he's stalking someone down. Like, I don't know. He, he, he doesn't really give you a whole lot of space. Like if you're coming towards him, he'll give you a lot of space. If you're, if you're at the center, he'll give you a lot of space. But when he's kind of hunting you down and, and trying to like corner you along the cage, I don't know, man, there's a lot to like with him, but, uh. I don't know, man. He's now 0-2 in the UFC. And a lot of people thought... I mean, if he beat Pantoja, it wouldn't have been insane to think that he would have got a, a, a title shot off of that. Obviously, we got to figure out the whole Figueredo Moreno, um, you know, part two. But, man, I don't know, man. That's just that's just frustrating. I would like to pull up... Uh, I'd like to phone a friend here. I would like to pull up MMA decisions here and, uh, and uh, see what the... Uh, esteemed members of the uh, MMA media have to say about this one. <coughs> All right. Uh, every single, every single media score had it 29-28 for Cape. There is not a single media member who did not score it 29-28 for Cape. So I'd say that's a robbery. You know what? I really would. And you know me, I don't use that often. But when, some, when, when a decision is pretty, actually incredibly cut and dry, you know, what, why am I beating around the bush here? Incredibly cut and dry, cop won that fight, tough shit. For Nicolau, I mean, whatever. You can't really feel good about performances like that, because you know that everybody knows that you lost, but, you know, I don't know. You just kind of hope that the sands of time kind of wash away people's memories of this fight, and they just think that... Uh, the record is accurate, uh, and, and that had no bearings on the flyweight division. I might have put Cop in there if he won, but uh, yeah, no. 
I don't know, the flyweight division is growing a little bit. Normally, if you get a win in your debut, we just kind of put you in the rankings because the rankings are uh, terrible. But they're getting a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. Still, the by far, by far the weakest div- men's division uh, out there. Well, in the UFC, but uh, yeah, going to need another win there. All right, moving on here to the main card opener. We had a no contest because of an illegal knee from Eric Anders on Darren Stewart. Another frustrating fight. Anders should have finished him in in the first round. Probably would have finished him. Threw in an an illegal knee like a complete fucking idiot. I uh, have no idea how people don't understand the rules. And uh, whatever. I'm not, I'm not a fighter, so I can't have an opinion on stuff like this. You know what I mean? So I I just gotta you know talk glowingly about everybody, but. Uh, yeah, you're, uh, he's really showing off that Alabama education by kneeing a fucking opponent in the head when, uh, he's probably four seconds away from finishing the fight. So, you know, and whatever, I like you, boy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, his, his record is pretty fucking spotty, uh, the, these last couple of years, but, uh, incredibly dangerous fighter. And I don't know, Darren Stewart doesn't really get knocked out, so, you know. That might have been the first time he would have been knocked out, but, you know, saved by an illegal knee, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, man, that's frustrating. Like I said, what what are the percent, what are the chances we have a no contest on an individual card, and what are the, the chances we have two of them on a main card, you know, definitely possible, but, uh, you know, a little bit against the numbers there, but just absolutely frustrating. He stole a win from him himself, and, um... I don't know, man. I, I really don't know how these people... Like, this is your sport. How do you not know the rules? Like, how could you be... How could you be doing major morning radio and not know FCC rules? Like, how could you... How could you be a factory worker and not know uh, what is or what isn't an OSHA violation? You know, how, how can you be a fucking cage fighter and not know the three rules that we have? Like, there's, there's really only, like, a couple. Like, there are, uh, surprisingly, uh, a lot of rules to know. But, like, uh, downed opponent, pretty fucking important to know. Uh, you can't punch to the back of the head. And uh, you can't kick someone in the nuts or, or gouge their eyeballs out. And really short of that, you can do, you basically can do whatever you want. You can't snap somebody's finger like a fucking baby carrot. But, you know, how the fuck do you not know? And I'm pretty sure the referee will tell you. Like... Because they'll say, they'll say that shit all the time. I don't know if it happened on on this one, but obviously Anders could have seen that he was down. But like they'll tell you like up down, like hey don't don't knee him he's downed. Like I, I don't know, but that's just fucking beyond frustrating to see. One of the worst possible outcomes you could have is a no contest like this, because you're sitting there going, well. Now, now we have a no contest. Now nobody moves up in the rankings. Not that, you know, these guys would have. They're not anywhere near the rankings. But nobody moves up. Nobody wins. We all know Anders was going to win it. He robbed himself of a win. We all know Darren Stewart lost this fight and was going to get knocked out. But now it's a no contest. You know what I mean? It's just, it would have been, been just been better if, if he uh, just knocked him out. All right, moving on to the prelim headliner. We had a unanimous decision victory for Angela Hill over Ashley Yoder. Uh, yeah, good for Angela Hill. I mean, you know, that's... Uh, oh, the Buffalo Bills signed Mitch Trubisky. That is disgusting as well. Um, 
just a really, really, really boring performance by Angela Hill, like most of her performances. Not a big fan of her. Um, doesn't really have a good win in the UFC. She just beats up uh, fighters who are about to get cut. I think Ashley Yoder probably will get cut. Um, she's never had a win over anyone of significance uh, and uh, still has a uh, below 500 UFC record and has one of the worst laughs uh, known to man as a laugh like uh, Seth Rogen. Saw her on the uh, the post-fight show and immediately turned it off. I can't subject myself to uh, uh, her personality. It is uh, insufferable, but it's just my opinion. And I'm sure the uh, simps will come after me because, you know, that's that's a popular thing on the internet, I'm told, is to uh, simp over women. But uh, you guys know you guys know the mailman. He doesn't simp over anybody. Never. Never simp. Absolutely no simping. Uh, will not be tolerated. Um, moving on here, we had a very late knockout finish by Charles Jordan over Marcelo Rojo. Uh, good for Jordan. Really needed that victory. Uh, does not go to a lot of decisions and, uh, and, and, and got the finish late in that fight. A lot closer than I thought it would be. Um, but, you know, that guy was fucking Mr. King shit coming down from Canada when he was, uh, when he was making his debut. But obviously things have, uh, have not gone his way. But, you know, he's still a young strapping lad there at, uh, at 25 years old. So, again, good to see him uh, get the victory. Uh, and I don't really have a whole lot uh, more to say than that. Moving on, we had a submission via an arm triangle choke by Hani Yaya on Ray Rodriguez. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to say on that either. Good for, good for Hani Yaya, I think. He now has the most submissions in UFC slash WEC bantamweight history, whatever that means. I don't know. I like I like cherry picked stats like that. Like not that that's like super like obscure, obscurely cherry picked, but like, well, he doesn't have the most submissions in UFC bantamweight history. But if we include a completely different organization, then he has the most. It's like I always I always love shit like that. Like. uh Oh fuck! Like you know, oh Ichiro. If he, if you count his hits over in Japan, he has like three thousand hits. Yeah, but we don't count those hits in Japan because it's not the MLB. So like, oh if you if you count Ichiro's hits over in Japan, he has more hits than fucking Pete Rose or whatever. Yeah, but but Pete Rose played in, in like we're talking about Major League Baseball stats. We're not talking about like. So I just love stupid shit like that, where it's like, why the fuck do I care what he did over in the WEC? I couldn't give less of a fuck. Like, okay. Uh, well, this is an interesting example to, to use if you uh, do a Google search for this guy. But like, oh, okay, if you include all MMA promotions ever, then Travis Fulton actually has the most UFC slash other organization victories of all time. And it's like, oh, okay, that's a fucking awesome awesomely stupid stat so whatever good for good for honey yaya um and for ray rodriguez yeah you know whatever all right moving on here another uh, nondescript prelim fight here between nasrat hack Parast, and hafa garcia um didn't really watch this one uh nasrat looks a lot like the uh the german version of kelvin gastelum although i think he's turkish uh uh, ethnically, but uh, yeah, he looks like Kelvin Gastelum, and he got a victory. So, you know, good for him. One of the uh, kind of forgotten prospects there at 155. Um, oh, Afghanistan. Okay, never mind. 
Uh, but yeah, only 25. But you know, like I was saying on the preview show, so he he had the loss to Drew Dober, and you know he he's just one of those guys where he's a very very legitimate uh, lightweight prospect. But the division is just so deep that sometimes you forget about guys like this, or you forget about guys like Atman Azaitar or uh, Armand Sarukian. Um, you know this this is not flyweight where we know every prospect at flyweight because. You know, they're sure as fuck aren't aren't legitimate people in the rankings for uh, the majority of the rankings. So, you know, good to see him get the victory. All right, moving on. We had a fight I most certainly did not watch between J.J. Aldrich and Courtney Casey. Uh, a little bit surprised that Courtney Casey lost. I think she is a, a, a pretty good striker. Um, you know, we have we probably have the stats somewhere on this one. I'd like to see what happened because uh, I'm definitely not going to go back and and uh, and rewatch this one because uh, you know it has no bearing on uh, on the UFC. But uh, yeah, cast iron Courtney Casey lost this one. Uh, definitely outstruck JJ Aldrich, so that's a little interesting. One twenty one to fifty eight. What was the control time? Mm, doesn't tell me the control time. That's very helpful, UFC. Well, now I'm kind of curious, and I want to see what MMA Decisions has to say about this one, because typically when you outstrike your your, your opponent by um, by 70 punches, uh, you'll end up winning the fight. Uh, that's just typically how it goes, but uh, let's see here. Ah, people definitely thought that she uh, lost. We had one media member, Drake Riggs, which sounds like a fake name, uh, said that Aldrich won at 29-28, but the other probably 20 people said Casey won at 29-28, so maybe some controversy here. That's interesting. If I cared enough, I would uh, do more research on it, but uh, okay, so I don't know. That's that's interesting. Got to feel bad for Courtney Casey. She has a lot of losses in the UFC, and I think has... Uh, uh, legitimate gripe on uh, on a lot of them. I, I think, uh, let's see here. Yeah, two split decision losses. Well, a split decision loss each to uh, Watterson, Herrig. Uh, yeah, I don't know. if she Easier said than done telling someone to improve their finishing ability. But, you know, anytime, anytime it goes to a decision, Courtney Casey is just going to get absolutely fucked over. Uh, moving on, we had a unanimous decision victory for Jin Yu Frey over Gloria DePaula. Do not care. And moving on to the final one here, the prelim opener. We have a 16-second knockout uh, from Matthew Semmelsberger on Jason Witt. Uh, I missed that one live because I was uh, calling a, uh, a disaster of a, of a basketball game. Uh, I thought that Witt, uh, I thought Witt knocked out Semmelsberger originally because of uh, you know that performance he had uh, in his last fight, but I don't know. When I said that there was nothing, you know, when everything was nondescript about Semmelsberger, obviously young career. Uh, there you go. Now he's got, now he's got something that you can talk about. Now he's now he's got that thing that uh, is always on his highlight tape. Just a, a brutal, brutal knockout. Exactly what you need when you're young in your career. You know, there's there's no better way to climb the rankings than to KO someone, especially when you're young. Because really, that, that's that's what we're here for. Let's not beat around the bush here. We're not here to uh, 
we're not here to see jujitsu. We're not here to see clinch, uh, you know, the clinch game. We're not here to see shit like this. We're, we are here to see knockouts. And I understand, like most people, we're not always going to see knockouts, but that's really what we're here, we're here for. We're not here for a, a slugfest that goes to a decision. We're, we're here to see people get separated from their consciousness and uh, suffer permanent repercussions from brain damage. So that's what we're here for, and that's what we saw. So uh, one hell of a performance there by, uh, what, what's this guy's nickname? Semi the Jedi, or Semi the Jedi? That's a really bad nickname, incredibly bad nickname. Um, but <laughs> God damn, why are there so many bad nicknames in MMA? Uh, but yeah, good for him. All right, let's take one final peekaroonie here on the uh, ranking, see if we missed anything. Um, oh, okay, so I missed one here in the in the women's strawweight division. Angela Hill moves up one spot, 13 to 12. Tisha Torres falls down a spot. Strawweight, very, very gross rankings, uh, very flimsy. Uh, you know, it's, it's like uh, the, the rankings are made out of cotton candy. You know, you just got to hope you don't go outside when it's, uh, when it's misting because that division is... Uh, it's very fragile. And yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. Not a whole lot of changes in the rankings. Very low key. Very low key. It was not a stacked card. Didn't have a whole lot of ranked fighters. You know, all in all, there were some things to enjoy uh, on this card. You know, the, the prelims are fucking dog shit. I'm not going to lie. You know, the prelims were really, really bad. Outside of Semmelsberger and, you know, I, I, I Jordan, you know, that was a close fight. Not very interesting, but a close fight. Uh, outside of outside of semi, you know, main card sucked as well. Two no contests, um, but uh, you know, we did see three, well, two KOs, one one TKO. So you know, the the middle portion, you know, the the main card was kind of like an Oreo. You know, at, at, at the top and the bottom, just fucking terrible. Some disgusting dry cookie. But on the inside, you know, there's some some Oreo cream in there, and that's you know, that's really where we saw all the knockouts on the main card so you know it was, it was very much like an oreo and that's where we're going to leave it here on this one so with that we're going to wrap it up here you can follow me on twitter at owen ely mn you can follow the mailman at owen the mailman north star sports at north star min check out our website at northstarsports.media and thanks for tuning in everybody